It's derby time. Come on, tell your friends. We'll go to many distant lands. With Dan the coach and Jackie the skater, the fun will never end. It's derby time. Welcome to the Power Through the Fourth Whistle Roller Derby Podcast. This is Jackie Bauer. Thank you for joining me today on the path to becoming better athletes, teammates, leaders, and human beings. Welcome back, team, to another episode. I originally had a different plan for this week, but some news came out in Roller Derby that I have to talk about. And because I have to talk about this, I also wanted to bring in my special co-host, Coach Dan. Hey, Coach Dan. Hi. Why am I here? You are here because the WFTDA announced minimum skills requirements restructuring, a restructuring process and a WFTDA new skater curriculum. What is all that? (laughs) Are you excited as the person who administers tests? As a person who administers tests, am I excited about a restructuring to the new skater curriculum from WFTDA? I have no idea. I need to know what it is first. (laughs) Exactly. So, Can I tell you what I'm not excited about? What's that? All the tests we currently have. All of them. Funny thing, I don't think anyone is super excited about the tests we currently have, which is why this is happening. And as soon as I saw this news, I was just like, thank goodness, because something did need to change. But I was very curious, what's going to change? It turns out a lot. However, in the announcement, it basically just says, hey, we've got a plan to make a plan. Click through five things to find out what the plan to make the plan is. Okay. So then you get to the proper document. I will include the link in the show notes. And it is called Vision and Objectives. It's a Google Doc. And it says, what is our vision for the future? Well, they want to have a new roller derby beginner curriculum that will give an introduction into our sport and its values. And this is the the truly whack part. This is a WFTDA recommended program. They're going to make a curriculum and it's not even going to be required. And by that, we mean required for anything to do with being a WFTDA league, like rankings and getting and sanctioning and all that. You don't have to do this necessarily. You can, but you don't have to. Yeah, like it used to be. You couldn't go have a WFTDA sanctioned game unless you verified every single skater here has passed your rigorous WFTDA minimum skill requirements. This was a very big deal. But the WFTDA figured out, actually, over all these years, we have never desanctioned a game for this purpose at all. And we have rules in place that are meant to uphold the safety of the game. And if our minimum skills were for safety, and we already have rules that look at safety, it was kind of like, we're already taking care of that? So 
this is very interesting because the focus of the curriculum will be this is what roller derby gameplay looks like at your level instead of this is what roller derby gameplay is. And they're hoping that this will minimize the time before a skater can play the game safely at their level and highlight the flexibility of the model. <laughs> what, what's a, okay. <laughs> what's so funny? I just thought it was a funny sentence. <laughs> so before we were training skaters to pass a test. Everything was, we need to get you through this training so you can pass a test so you can play roller derby. And now the focus is just going to be, hey, we want to train you to play roller derby instead of train you to pass a test, which is kind of amazing. Uh, what do you think about that just as a start? I would say how you feel about this after just getting the kind of first points and cliff notes here probably says a lot about where you're at as both a skater and a league because immediately my first thoughts are more responsibility yay but I can definitely understand a lot of people reading it and saying more responsibility you because you immediately go from a place where we can point at this thing provided by an authority figure that says you must do these things and then you can play and most of us have most skaters have gone through this so when you talk about tradition and rites of passage, usually you're a skater, you come in, you do the test, it's intimidating, it's hard, you're proud of yourself when you achieve it. And because you made it, that level of I did it, that accomplishment sticks with you. So uh, when the next people come along and now you are the person giving the test or helping people pass the test, when they do it, you feel proud of them, you remember what it was like for you, and so on. If you stick with it, you end up being a leader in your league, and now you're making sure everybody else passes the test. And everybody who gets through it has this good, accomplished feeling, we did the thing. And what we forget about are the people who didn't make it. Mm -hmm. And now we're being told we need to think about that more, the people who don't make it, and give them flexibility. And we're standing there like, well, how do we do that? Is it just up to me? Is it just up to a group of coaches? Is it just up to who the heck ever? Are we just going to use the test from last year because we know how it works and we've been doing it for a while? What is it supposed to look like? And that's got to be an anxious feeling. And that's, that is the most anxiety driving part of, of the whole thing here. Because there aren't a lot of answers in this document at all. Wait, um, you're telling me I'm not getting answers today? You are getting an explanation mostly for why things have been the way they have been. No! <laughs> well, hey, hey, no, let's, okay, okay, let's, okay. let's give them their time. All right. Let's give them their time. But due. I'm scared. Let, just, just, I'll hold your hand. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, basically... What this document wants to tell you is that the first skater rules tests, MSRs, came out in 2009 when they didn't have a global ranking system and no system to verify that games were safe. This was tied to sanctioning, which I already said never ended up being a big deal. And why the need for change? Because it's clear to the majority of skaters and coaches in the derby community that it's no longer achieving the original purpose and it promotes a false idea of what safety is. And 
It's a barrier for beginners and new skaters to join and stay in roller derby. You and I have both seen skaters, like not that many, but over time there have been some skaters who have stuck around for a couple of years and maybe never passed their laps. Or maybe some other element of the test was just really hard for them. It was very difficult for their body and could never get passed. And they stick around as long as their passion burns. And then when that flame goes out, they leave. Because they didn't just want to practice roller derby. They wanted to play roller derby. And they never got to play roller derby. And there have only been a few of those over the years because... The ones who didn't pass the test, who weren't sure about roller derby in the first place, they just left. You know, there are every new skater class has so much, um, so many people who don't make it through. And it always felt like, I guess the test is the way to to weed out those who really want this. But I don't think it ever did do that because those who really wanted it and who didn't pass the test stuck around for a while but still didn't get what they wanted. Um, And those who didn't pass, they just go away and they never got a chance to play the sport. And it's hard to fall in love with the sport if you never got to play the sport. If you didn't feel like you were ever a part of the team because you didn't get to like scrimmage. And that's kind of an emotional thing. There's also the, on, on the flip side, this has kind of emerged in the last two years. And our leagues are pretty small, the leagues we've been a part of. So most of the time, if you pass your skills, you end up on a roster. Mm-hmm. But then it's a whole other journey to get playing time. Right. Because a lot of times you can pass that entire skill test and do 27 and 5 and not have what it and not have the skills to play current roller derby. And that is also a bit of a like a reality check that some skaters it either sours them or drains their enthusiasm completely or it just uh maybe that's why they leave eventually but they don't exactly say why that that's been an issue too and we've seen that so much in the last like i would say two to three years Mm -hmm. where we work so hard to get people through these skill tests to say that we did it so we can put them on the roster but now they have a multi-month journey and a whole bunch of new hard work and skills to learn before we can even let them play with the team really and sometimes you think i passed the test i get to play now I, i should go get to play in the game And when the roster space is limited, when you only have one team like our league has, then yeah, it's a whole thing. So this test doesn't actually give you a guaranteed opportunity to play in a game. So is the test doing what it was intended for? That's like kind of the big thing. And what this document is saying is like, it's just not really cutting it anymore. So the hope is in this project objectives and goals section is that there will be more clarity, consistency, flexibility, and inclusion, making it more adaptable for different contexts, people, bodies, age groups, scenarios, and include space for mental health considerations, and uh, more community. There's going to be recommendations for skating officials and non-skating officials and volunteers so people can train together as much as possible and support the development of officials, which we didn't talk about that much before as as a derby community. There, It seemed like there was a separate journey for your officials. And now it looks like we could actually train together on some stuff and, and maybe, you know, hang out 
which I think can only be good for developing relationships and keeping your volunteers around. And there's going to be a framework to bridge the gap between beginners and elite athletes, which is another really difficult thing. Like you were just describing the, the gap between the beginners and the people who are like the best in your league. It's really tough to get people past that. And they're hoping to develop a curriculum that'll help with that. It gets bigger every year, the Mm -hmm. longer that some of the diehards stay in the sport and new people yeah and the and new people come to the sport the bigger the the divide gets and i think a lot of leagues have felt that that they end up relying on the same people year after year and have trouble bringing up new ones mm-hmm. and uh they even include a timeline in here the background story why are we making this change now and basically in 2018 they came up with a complex skating matrix 2019 hired some new people uh and then i remember last year they were talking about 27 and 5 and we were getting some information that was like we're kind of like tweaking and testing some ideas if you want to try them with your league like a a two-minute endurance test or um you know like getting 10 or 11 laps in two minutes and doing that over and over again what do you guys think and our league liked it I think our league liked it better than the five minutes straight. You're taking too much information from a few specific people who like doing laps. That's true. <laughs> there are probably a lot of people who did not enjoy it what at goes, all. I know exactly who you're picturing. They're the same people who would like anything to do with skating in circles at, at high speed. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, they finally decided... We're, we're moving away from the minimum skills requirements. Like, we were hoping just to fix this one area of the test, but man, uh, it's, it's, the whole thing just needs an overhaul. And we hired a curriculum developer, which sounds very fancy. And I'm very curious to see where that goes. Who did they hire? Um, it didn't name it in this document. Interesting. Are you the curriculum developer? No. Are you the curriculum developer? No. Well, that's two down. it could be anyone are you out there the curriculum developer if so would you like to come on this podcast and tell me about the curriculum you're developing anything because there are a lot of people who want to know like literally that's the whole document it's a short three pages it has a graphic of a timeline to take up part of the third page this is the plan to make a plan so there are so many questions out there uh we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we are going to hypothesize what the future might look like in roller derby curriculum. Roller Derby Athletics provides high-level coaching to derby athletes worldwide. They've been the leaders in home-based roller derby cross-training for over seven years. They offer team training plans to support your league. RDA wants to help teams keep working together toward their goals. Membership is now open year-round, so you have access whenever you need it. You can sign up for the Essential Plan, which is great if you prefer to do workout plans on your own, at your own pace. You can choose from a huge library of derby-specific workouts. If you get stuck, there are instructional videos that can help you understand understand the exact moves you need to get maximum results. There's also the MVP plan, which is perfect for the derby athlete who enjoys additional coaching. This plan is personalized to your needs and can help you reach your goals a lot quicker with the help of RDA's Skater Success Coaches. You can follow the workout calendar and drag and drop it to fit your schedule and get access to all the boot camps and group fitness challenges for free. My favorite group challenge is Suns Out, Funs Out. 
because that one helped me get to my first pull-up ever. And I love that the workouts don't take up a ton of your time. They're short and effective. Roller Derby Athletics offers a ton of derby-specific workouts that will help you to be stronger and faster on the track. And it's all provided to you in the palm of your hand in an easy-to-use app. RDA wants to keep everyone safe, strong, and unstoppable. Get started on your fitness journey today. Visit rollerderbyathletics.com slash plans to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Bout Betty's, the only roller derby subscription service in the world. They offer a range of levels, so you're sure to find a pack that fits in your budget. So whether you're wanting derby enamel pins, comfy athleisure clothes, or sturdy workout apparel, they have you covered. As for me, I super love the apparel. You may have noticed how often I wear it when I make videos for our Facebook page. The leggings, shorts, and sports bras are amazing. The material is ridiculously silky, smooth, and soft. The first time I pulled on my leggings, I could not stop touching my legs and asking friends to touch my legs so they could feel the magic that is this material. And it's so darn cute. There's mermaids, dinosaurs, cats, and many fun new designs coming your way. Whether you're hitting the track, skate park, gym, or grocery store, you will turn heads and bring joy to those you meet. They offer sizes small through 3X and leggings are bout tested and derby durable. Subscribe today using our podcast promo code POWER10 for 10% off your first pack at boutbetties.com. It's like derby Christmas every single month and yes, they do ship internationally. And we're back. I think we have to start with the biggest elephant in the room. Coach Dan, is this the end of 27 and 5? Is it gone forever? What do you think is going to happen? Are people still going to use this as uh, an indication that you are ready to play roller derby? Yeah, some people will. Oh. But I don't, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I won't. I won't. Um, but I mean, if it's up to me, I, I really don't know. The here's the thing. I think I think that if you and your league and your leadership feel completely adrift from this announcement, my first recommendation would not ju- then just don't change anything. Just keep using the test until you figure out maybe you've never thought about having flexibility in this way. Just keep using it until you're sure you know what's important and what isn't. Because I think there might be some newer leagues or some leagues where a lot of the veterans have left that don't feel comfortable evaluating skaters and having one person or even one group of people have the authority to say, yes, you play, no, you don't. Because I've been in some very awkward spots when it comes to telling players they can play or not play. It's very strange. So I'll give you like an example. When a skater returns who hasn't skated in about three or four years Mm -hmm. and they do a couple of drills and they have their skates on and it happens to be like a scrimmage night and they do a few drills and they're looking okay and you're going to scrimmage. You might even be like short bodies. I, I don't know. Like, when do we ever have scrimmage nights when we're full? It just doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. We always need more bodies. So do they scrimmage or don't they? Mm Mm-hmm. And that is um there there's a lot more to it than that. Some of the some of the absolute alphas are gonna be like, well, no, they have to do this and this. And some of the people are going to say, well, 
they should be able to because if they don't have a good time, that what if they don't come back? You know, we, we would like them to stick around. We really need more bodies on the roster, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you are a person uncomfortable with that position, having rules to the effect of you have to pass 27 and 5 to scrimmage mm-hmm. is like, okay, let's take five minutes. Everybody go sit over there and see if this person will pass. Mm-hmm. We have a rule. We did the rule. Now everybody can feel good. That the rule was upheld. Whereas if you don't have the rule, you have a limbo. If it's up to one person, they can be accused of favoritism. If something bad happens in that scrimmage, somebody gets to sit with the guilt. Like there's a lot to it that is awkward. So if you, I think, fear this announcement, if you're anxious because of it, I would say at first stick with what you know and work out what you need. I know that when, when we get back to practicing, hopefully I get some input on this. I think I will. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I hope that the coaching group comes together and just goes down the list of what's on the test and says this, this, not this, not this. And we talk about what's not on the test. That's always because we've done this for years now. Like it's so hard to teach people and it's not on the test. There should be a box to check that you do not bruise your teammates' arms when you brace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hate that. Grabbies. The people who grab on, that is very dangerous. The people who don't let go, and that's nowhere on the test for judging your grabbiness because it's it, it has to do with safety. Yeah, yeah. So, um, obvi- like some people are like, ooh, I want to know their skills test. I, I bet somewhere out there they're like, I hope we read our skills test, you know, our new skills test. And I'm going to say the whole purpose of this is that each league can come up with their own. Mm-hmm. Like we don't intend to play a game at any level where we aren't using bracing in some kind of a form and we want it to be safe. If your team doesn't do much bracing or doesn't brace, then this might not be important. So I think that's an example of the flexibility that they're going for. So this is a long answer to your question, but 27 and 5 will still exist some places. And I hope where it does exist, it's for the right reason that Mm -hmm. we need to figure out what's right for us and we need time to do that. So we're going to keep this until we figure it out. I wouldn't be surprised that in five years, 27 and 5 is very rare. Mm-hmm. Like, it very rare. Only a few leagues that are like, this is the way my grandmother played roller derby. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to do it too, you know? <laughs> so we both suspect the gradual phasing out of the 27 and 5 test as people find other methods that they prefer for testing endurance. So you agree with me? Yes. Okay. Uh, I guess something else I'd like to talk about is let's talk a little bit about what we've been doing for testing and maybe just do some hypotheticals on what things might look like in the future. Because when we're testing brand new skaters, we usually do take them through the WFTDA like exact testing process of this is how you would test them. Let's watch them all do a knee fall and get up and da 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 da. Oh, I love te- I love those days at practice that are 100% me so and fulfilling. A, me <laughs> and this clipboard and six point font and check boxes. Oh, it's so great. But after you've passed your test the first time, we had a different thing that we would run the veterans through. Like basically anyone who had tested it before Didn't you say we have about like five drills that we just have everyone do that kind of cover all the skills? Well, they don't cover all the skills. This was, um, 
This was something we just tried this year that was for coaches to determine if somebody should be able to do high contact stuff or get into scrimmages. And it definitely doesn't cover all of the skills, but these were five things where it's like, if you do these five drills well, we're not worried about you in scrimmage because it took skills that you had to learn Mm -hmm. elsewhere, but they baked them into the drill. So yeah, it really was like, if you are excellent at these five drills, you can scrimmage, that kind of thing. Okay, so just testing like your basic competency because even if we're not seeing you do a T-stop or whatever, we know that you have enough of your basic skills because you performed well in this drill that took a lot of, you know, being able to move well safely. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Drills that simulate portions of gameplay that are common. So do you think going forward this could be what we do maybe we never have to put someone on the spot and just be like do this one stop now and instead we could just do gameplay like situations gameplay like drills to determine hey do you got this in theory yes in practice more difficult here's what's up as a coach i can stand there and watch skaters go through drills and decide that they did this well and think they'll be okay in scrimmage but I'm usually the only coach at practice, and I'm also usually the only one in the middle watching people perform. Mm-hmm. So, so for, you can't see everyone. I can usually see a lot of people. The captains and the rest of the coaching committee are also skaters. They can't see everyone. Yes. You know what I mean? Because they're participating and oh, yeah. all over the place. Exactly. So to... I think what you're saying makes sense if you explicitly trust one person who Mm -hmm. is able to observe people and that's all that they're going to think about. I mean, I can't really run that kind of drill and only think about one person. I'm always trying to watch everybody because I do have concern for everybody. And also, it's just not a good thing to put on one person because if you make, say, if I have a judgment of a certain skater and I don't let them skate and they know that it's just me and they convince others that it's not about a skill or something that I have it out for them, then you have drama. Drama's not fun. So I, while I get what you're saying, I think that the hybrid approach is better. Take skaters from kind of Take skaters who need to pass and take a handful of skaters who either aren't in leadership or aren't aren't interested in leadership and have them do the drill and try to pull like a group of captain coach types and try to get a consensus. Mm -hmm. Because if you know if this even if it really is a consensus, even if after that drill I pull the captains, we talk and then we come back and say, we don't think that you're ready to scrimmage right now. That skater will always have in their head that that one person has it out for them because they know that was the one person watching. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So I think there should be multiple observers if available. Well, then this is a really good time to bring up a concern that was brought up on the Facebook thread where I shared the link to the original announcement. Uh, One of the comments said, from Holkstra said, I'm worried it could lead to favoritism within the leagues. And that is an interesting idea because before... We were passing the buck onto the WFTDA. If you didn't pass the test, it's because these this was a test that was made by the WFTDA. I didn't make this test. I'm really sorry you didn't pass this test, but this was, you know, exactly what you had to do. You didn't quite do it. So it's not me. It's them. Now, if the leagues are developing 
the system by which the choice is made of whether or not you can play roller derby, then it's on the league. It's no longer on this invisible um, authority figure in the distance. It's you right in front of them. And as the head coach of our league, a lot of that, you would be like the focal point because you're the one they see in the middle, even though there is a committee made up of skaters, other people who have input on coaching, everyone discusses things together. It could come back on you. Someone might say, well, coach Dan doesn't like me. Coach Dan must have a problem with me. Um, what do you think is going to happen? Like, is that going to be a big thing across the board for everybody? I think it'll be a problem in a lot of places uh, until people realize how to deal with it. I mean, this is something I've, you can probably tell I've already faced in the past. I mean, mm-hmm. you were you were there, but viewers, listeners out there, you can probably tell it's something that we've dealt with. And now it's almost to a, some would call it paranoia part if they were just trying to casually start a nice fun roller derby league. And I'd be like, don't make decisions by yourself. Get your squad. <laughs> Talk about it. You know, yeah. make sure everybody's on the same page. Don't do it alone. Like I said in a the last time I was on, you know, and now I'm just absolutely so adamant about that because I've been down this road and there are definitely leagues who are going to have to travel that road themselves to figure it out. Um, Cause there will always be leaders who think that the job of a leader is to make big, hard decisions and live with them. And that's it. And yeah, favoritism is going to be its own kind of danger. I think favoritism for a specific, like, your skater, your friend who you brought in from work, your your uh, little sister, stuff like that. Like that kind of stuff is will pop up here and there. I'm a bit more worried about, I guess, what you could call like an institutional favoritism. Like we are a league. We are run by these people who have these things in common. And we only really want more clones of ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's going to be harder to break because most people don't realize that they're stepping into that until they're like really deep in it, mm-hmm. you know? So I don't know how to, I don't know how to really s- deal with that. I don't have a suggestion. How about you? Oh, well, a lot of leagues are trying to figure out how to deal with their institutional biases already. But yeah, I, I think I do understand like we can say spread out your leadership so it's not one person. But let's say it's a group of five or a group of 10. What if it's a group of 10 people who have known each other a really long time and have a lot in common? They might be seen uh, as a clique, even if they're a committee. And this group of people has it out for you now because they're always with each other and uh, that could become a problem. So how do we make the group of leaders who chooses these things not have a bias, be a more diverse group of people who different types of people who can see the underdog out there who's trying to make it, uh, who can who can see the person who has potential that other people don't see the potential in. I think that we need to spread like we need to share information about what our tests look like, kind of in a way, to be Mm -hmm. honest, like I, I do hope that the leagues will share at least some of the information that's in their test and what they're looking for that can be applied in a lot of ways. You don't want to test that too heavily favors blockers, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, you want jammers to be able to shine as well and be able to cultivate those skills. There are also different types of blockers. If you focus too much on 
the types who can lay huge hits, you might not be um, praising or building up enough people who are more about communicators and more holding people in position for other people to make the big hits. And all of these things, like when you try to narrow it down into a test and a test becomes really specific and you try to put it in writing is really hard to do. But the more specific it is, the more you can point to it as a kind of, well, as what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. a test. You have to meet this requirement. And if it's not specific, if there's a lot to just be judged by people who are in charge, the more it's not going to feel like it's there to help you, the more it's going to feel like it's stacked against you because you don't understand what you need to do. Mm-hmm. So somehow the test has to measure the right things, measure enough of the right things, and be specific enough that there isn't room for just like the judgment of somebody who is over you. So people know what they have to do. It's a hard job. Like, yeah. Like I think I, I, maybe that has a lot to do with why WIFTA is trying to get out of the, give you the test business because it is incredibly hard to put in writing exactly what somebody needs to play roller derby with your team and succeed. And we somehow need to find something that people will universally feel is fair. And with all the leagues around the world, there might be 500 different ways to do this. Yes. And it's also, <laughs> a hun- and, and to add even more complications, no matter what you do, not everyone will find it fair. Yeah. yeah. And it, now it's you've impossible. made the choice of what it is. Yep. And and like you said, like I, I, there are very few roller derby skaters, I would say, who are elite at every single skill, at every single thing you can be judged on. So I would argue that all skaters have something valuable to bring to the team. And it's about finding out what that is. (laughs) They might be like really good at some things, not as great at others. And that'll come in time. But if they're so good at one thing, like you kind of just want to get them going. And it's just going to be a hard thing to figure out. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I, we're coming back to like a long running thing that keeps coming up in the podcast. You need good leaders. Yeah. You you need you need to uh, handle both the creation and administration of your skills test at your league with a lot of care. It sets a lot of it sets a lot of people up for either awesome roller derby experiences or either a lack thereof or just a bad experience. Quite frankly. Now, I didn't have a sports background before roller derby. I know that most sports have tryouts to get onto teams, and that's how you determine who's going to play. You have your team, and then you go play. Do you know of any other sports that had a test you had to pass before you could attempt to play the game? My answer is no, but I've never participated in a sport potentially dangerous where you have eight wheels strapped to your feet like roller derby. So it always made sense to me. But the answer is no. But I also haven't played a sport that required more than the shoes on my feet and, you know, function a functional body. So uh, like I've never played football. I've never played hockey. I don't know. If there's something to that. It is interesting. I I think when the sport started, we realized no one had played this sport before and it had a lot of potential for injuries. 
So we needed to have those safety parameters in place. But now maybe we've just been playing the sport long enough that we can be trusted to train each other and figure it out a little bit more. We can hope so. I I don't know how many more leagues are being formed every year or what the growth rate is, but I'm guessing the average age of a league is creeping up and that the average experience of skaters in those leagues is probably creeping up because the diehards are sticking with it. So uh, if you've been in roller derby a couple of seasons now, you should probably have some idea of what safe skating looks like and trying to put that into writing could help your team. And I would argue, like, if you've been a veteran now for two years, you have so much more, like, skill and experience than a two-year player, uh, like, five years ago. Like, yeah. the, the the amount of um, skill you need has gone up tremendously, and it's easier to train someone to that now than it was before, I think. Yeah, depending on the levels, but I would say that's true for most leagues trying to compete, yeah. Okay, I feel like we're going round and round and don't have a lot of real answers, but we just kind of wanted to discuss this today because this is the plan to make the plan. And either way, even though there are lots of questions and there are lots of things that are kind of like, ooh, I don't know what this is going to look like, I still think that this is going to be a positive change for roller derby. I agree. Are there other neato comments um, one of the ones I really like here uh, from Jennifer says, this might actually bring me back to roller derby. I'm really liking what I'm reading so far. Hmm. And when I when I see this from Jennifer, like faces pop up into my head of people who have left derby over the years. Like there's one in particular, someone I, I really enjoyed skating with who came like was playing roller derby. And then came back for like a regular skills test one season and just had a heck of a time passing those laps and tried so many times to pass those laps and never got past those laps. Had already played in several games the year before, but this year couldn't do those laps and just gave up on roller derby. Yeah. Left it forever. I believe the story was got 26 one day and just said, why am I doing this? And never came back. Yeah. And that breaks my heart because... I I miss having a closer relationship with that player. And uh, there are others over the years, but that's the one that always sticks with me. The one who was so close, so close and gave up, walked away. And I hope that more players like that, who maybe there was just one aspect of this test that was holding them back from Derby. I hope they do come back. I hope they think about coming back, knowing that there might be a different system that they're more able to work with. Yeah, for real. I hope so, too. I'll also give a word of advice to anybody out there giving tests that I picked up over the years. You you may have caught my enthusiasm over not having to do the skills test <laughs> at the beginning of the show. Um, and <laughs> it's you think about your skaters and you try to give them everything you have, but I don't think anybody really thinks about what it's like to be a coach or captain. And when a skater comes up and says, Hey, I want to try that portion of the test today. Your answer is always, yes, let's, let's do it. About the 500th time somebody says that to you, the answer is still enthusiastically. Yes, let's do it. But my God, are we sick of going through this (laughs) so many times because we know either you need more or you don't need more. And it's 
So whatever test you end up administering, you might be really excited to try something new. Keep that enthusiasm. You might end up doing it a bunch of times. Your enthusiasm has a lot to do with how the skaters feel about taking the test and going for it. And if and whether or not it is true, they will take it as whether or not the coach or the captain believes in them. So if I like roll my eyes and say, okay, we can try again, mm-hmm. that's already a bad experience. So that in- skater's going to leave because you don't believe in them. <laughs> All right. So um, a bit off topic, but have coaches have enthusiasm when. Yes, when- you can do it today. Yes. You've got this. Let's no, just cross it off the list today. I have had the worst days some of the worst days of my life, shown up at practice, had somebody say, hey, can I do that test? Yes, we can. Yes. Even though it's the last freaking thing I want to do. Yes, we can. Yes. And I will be there in the middle. I will give you whatever you want to do this test. Let's freaking go. Yep. That's it. Well, I, I love that. And I think we will have another episode on this when... We have more of an idea of what the curriculum is going to be and what our league is going to do. And I would love to hear if you have any feedback, if your league has been talking about this out there, you listeners, like if your league has ideas or has been tossing some things around, I would love to hear what you think. Because right now, I see no reason why this can't be a collaborative effort between all the leagues in the world to figure out, well, what do we want this test to look like? And then you can pick and choose the things that you think are really important. This is should be a brainstorm. I like it. All right. That's going to be it for this episode. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Really appreciate you. Um, I also want to do a quick plug. I was contacted by a skater in Nova Scotia. There is a roller derby documentary series called Jumping the Apex. I am going to put a link in the show notes. Unfortunately, it can't be watched in the United States, but it can be watched in other places other countries throughout the world. So if you can, please go check that out. I think that's going to be really fun. And that was from Zoom Zoom. And uh, thank you to all the patrons on Patreon, especially our top tier patrons. Bye Felicia, Stevie Kicks, Tara Wiebenson, and the training team at Charlotte Roller Derby. Thank you to Genergy, our transcriber who makes the episodes accessible to everyone. And uh, thank you for the social media shares and feedback from the Roller Skate Challenge on Instagram, Roller Derby Impact, Rose City Rollers, and there were some topic suggestions sent in this week. So thank you. It's really nice to hear those start coming in again. And thank you to our sponsors, Roller Derby Athletics and Bout Betty's. We have been talking about derby and sharing derby thoughts. Pew, pew! Thank you for listening to another episode of Power Through the Fourth Whistle Roller Derby Podcast. I really hope those laser beams of positivity will carry through your day. If you'd like to get in touch, you can find us on Facebook or on Instagram or Twitter at Power Fourth Whistle. That's P-O-W-E-R, the number four, T-H-W-H-I-S-T-L-E. You can find fun videos of On and Off Skates training at our YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Instagram. You could also support the podcast on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. The benefits of becoming a patron include fun stuff I can send you, like stickers, buttons, or shirts from our Threadless store. You can get access to our Discord server, bonus content, and free giveaways. 
Plus, patrons now have access to an ad-free version of the podcast that will download to your favorite podcast app each week, and everyone can access our transcribed episodes at patreon.com slash powerforthwhistle. If you like the content we provide and want to support us on this journey, please consider becoming a patron. If you want to expand your derby wardrobe, of course, another way to support the podcast is visiting our store at powerforthwhistle.threadless.com, where you can get our designs on just about any type of apparel or accessory you can dream up. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast anywhere you can. Leaving reviews is still the best way to help this podcast be found and spread those laser beams of positivity to more humans. Plus, it's a way you can give back that is completely free. Open up your Apple Podcast app, punch those stars, and leave me a pew pew!